social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, I'm Carrie Kirpin, and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I am thrilled to introduce to you today Courtney Spritzer, who is the co-founder of Social Fly and also one of the founders of Startup in Stilettos. So I'm really excited to intro her, particularly because when I met her, I was really struck by what an absolute dynamo she and her partner Stephanie are in launching Social Fly. They were looking for partnerships. They came to me and said, you know, can we work on something together? And I immediately Immediately, immediately wanted to help them because, first of all, they asked. And second of all, they were just this dynamic, driven team that I thought were incredible. And so I'm so excited to have Courtney on our show today. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you so much for having me. Happy to be on here with you. Yes, I love it. And and one of the things that really struck me as you guys were starting out and, and building your business was just that you were unafraid to network and really ask for help in growing the business. And I think that's something that I find missing in a, in a lot of young women today. Um, do you see that? And and do you really subscribe to that philosophy of, of reaching out and, and growing your business through networking? Absolutely. That We've built our entire business on networking. Stephanie and I actually quit our corporate jobs uh, about a little over two years ago now. And on our first day, we joined a networking group, which really helped our business. Um, One of the first things that we did was we were at every networking event that we could go to, meeting as many people as we we could meet and telling them about what we what we're trying to achieve, and then more importantly is not asking people how they can help you, but going to people and asking how you can help them and making it a mutual, mutually beneficial relationship. Absolutely. And Courtney, tell me a little bit about that jump, going from a corporate job. You were, where were you? You were at American Express? Yes, I was at American Express. Okay. And tell me a little bit about that jump to go from corporate to starting your own company. How did it come about? Sure. So I had grown up in a family of entrepreneurs. Everyone in my family basically started their own business. So I knew that I eventually wanted to start my own business, but I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Then when I was at American Express, they were forming partnerships with Facebook and Foursquare and Twitter. And I was just captivated by the benefits of social media for, you know, these Fortune 500 companies that have been in existence for years. And I knew that there were uh, benefits for small businesses. And I had met my business partner, Stephanie Abrams, through a mutual friend. And she she had already started a social media agency, uh, but she had to go back to work. Um, and she was looking for a new business partner. So we had joined forces and started Social Fly on the side of our full-time jobs, and then eventually it became too time-consuming and too hard to do on the side of your full-time job. 
So we took a leap of faith and we quit our jobs on the same day. It was really oh, scary. Oh, it's like you held hands together <laughs> and jumped. Still scared just talking about it, but um, it was definitely worth it. And we've just grown so fast ever since. And you just kind of know when you're on the right path when things are just just working out. I mean, don't get me wrong, there are definitely a lot of challenges, but everything kind of just made sense. And so you guys took the leap together and you decided to go from, you know, kind of what what I would describe as, as a comfort space, right, which is your your job and your benefits and working at American Express to starting your own company. And as you were doing that, um, what gave you what gave you the confidence to do it? I mean, I always think there's like that moment when you're like, OK, I can really do this. I know for myself, um, I just had an, like an aha moment when I was dropping my daughter off at, at daycare. And I, I was wondering, did you have an aha moment or was it a, a series like over time that you felt the confidence to do it? Where did you get that confidence? I definitely did not decide to quit my job overnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was definitely for almost a year, something that Stephanie and I were both working towards. We knew that we wanted to start this business, and we knew that we wanted this business to be our full-time job, but we, you know, had bills to pay, and we had rent to pay, so we had to strategically plan our move. Uh, So it was definitely not something that we did overnight. We just worked really hard to sign clients on the side of our full-time jobs, and then once we had um, a good enough, you know, client base, we felt comfortable enough to quit our quit our jobs. But even then, you know, when we quit, we still didn't have enough clients to pay our bills. We just pounded the pavement and tried to sign as many clients as we could. And so talk <laughs> it was to definitely me. very scary, but um, it was just a good time at you know, at the time. Well, it's motivating. (laughs) It's motivating, too, to do that, right? To be in charge of your own future and in charge of your own destiny and how much you make and how you do it. I mean, there's something very empowering about that pounding of the pavement, I think. Exactly. You know, um, I definitely loved my job at American Express. I thought, you know, they built a great uh, corporate environment, but you know, I was working really long hours, and at the end of the day, wasn't, you know, working for myself. It didn't necessarily matter if I put in an extra few hours during the week. I wasn't necessarily seeing that, that you know, I don't know. I, w- I just wasn't that motivated, yeah. I guess. Uh, so it's really nice to, to work for yourself, and, you know, you can work as little or as hard as you want, um, and you can see a direct result from how hard you're working. And so tell me, tell me a little bit about Socialfly. So you're a full-service social media agency? Yes. So we are a full-service social media and PR agency mm-hmm. here in New York City. And we work with a wide variety of clients, but we try to stay in the fashion, beauty, hospitality, and lifestyle space. Uh, over the past few years, we've really grown, uh, and they're now, you know, we used to just only work with small businesses and startups, and now we're working with some more well-established brands. So it's definitely really rewarding and and really exciting to come to work every day. And how do you feel, Courtney, about the concept of outsourced social media? So as an agency, you're creating content, I assume, and, and doing community management on behalf of brands. Are you able to successfully navigate through the concept that Uh, Social media should be done entirely internally, and only people within the brand can do it. 
Well, I, you know, I go back and forth on this, and I, you know, I always think, you know, ideally it would be good to have someone in-house who is living and breathing uh, the day-to-day of the business, but the skill set required to do, you know, to get amazing results on social media, that's very hard to find. And I think to, in order to get the results that you're looking for on social media, you really need to hire an outside agency who knows what they're doing. You don't need to train them. You don't need to worry if they're going to quit. Um, it's definitely definitely more reliable. And you don't, let's say you're a small business, you know, you need to focus on building your business and doing what you're good at. You don't need to focus on on tweeting or, you know, putting out a post on Facebook each day. So when you work with small businesses, I would imagine that you have to provide them with a lot of data around their results, right? Small businesses, in my experience, even as being a small business owner, right, we we do we, and we invest in what we know generates an automatic return. Social media is a little bit more challenging with a return. So how do you how do you answer those questions to a small business and how do you help them feel comfortable about their spend in social media? That's definitely a great question, and that's a question that we get every day. Uh, we give all of our clients biweekly or monthly reports, and how we really measure ROI, it varies depending upon the type of company. Uh, for an e-commerce company, uh, it's a bit easier, but still, there's a lot that you can't measure. So uh, some of the things that we do is we'll run Facebook offers or run social media-specific promotions so that we can track uh, when someone uses a coupon code that they found through a social media site. But even then, uh, it's hard to track, you know, who saw your, your post on Facebook that day and then bought something, you know, three or four months later. Uh, I know personally from following some of my friends on Instagram, I'll find out about new brands and new products every single day, and then I'm going to buy it uh, either online or when I see it in a store. And that type of of uh, ROI, you really can't measure. Mm-hmm. So we look at we look at coupon codes. We look at um, how many people that you reached. We look look at interaction. Uh, but social media takes time, and I think eventually a lot of a lot of brands will see will see great results if your if your social media strategy is correct. <laughs> yes. And so how do you know that a strategy is on point? How how can a small business that's looking at their overall social strategy, how do they how can they feel good about it? What questions should they be asking themselves? I always tell our clients to ask their customers how they found out about you. I mean, without knowing that, you're, you're not knowing, you know, how this person uh, found out about you. Maybe it's through a friend or maybe it's through something that they saw on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, so it's definitely on the business owner to, to track, uh, to track how, how people are hearing about their brand. And so overall, it sounds like really being where your customers are and listening to where they're spending their time could probably dictate your strategy better than anything at all, right? Exactly, exactly. So there's kind of, you know, there's a different audience on each social media site. So depending upon uh, what your company is and what you offer, um, it might make more sense for you to spend time on Pinterest versus Twitter or more time on Instagram than Facebook. Uh, So... I always suggest to clients, especially when we're first starting to 
to work with them, we'll put together a whole strategy where we'll outline who their target market is, how they're going to attract them on Facebook or Twitter, uh, what their content strategy is. Uh, but even even uh, by when you have a content strategy, it's really important for, uh, to be flexible uh, and to pay attention to what's working and what isn't. Mm-hmm. And always don't be afraid to try new things. Love it. Tell me, <laughs> tell me a little bit, Courtney, about your personal use of social and has it changed since you started working in social media? Does it become more of a chore to be social personally? Do you find yourself being less social, more social now that you're working pretty much exclusively in that space? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like I've, you know, one of the reasons why I started this company was because I just loved social media and used it personally. And I always feel, and I always look at this uh, when we're hiring, is if you're not using social media in your personal life, then it might be really hard for you to understand the marketing implications of Facebook or Twitter. Uh, so I can't say that my social media activity has changed. The only thing that's change is that I'm probably uh, more more promotional of the things that I'm doing on a day-to-day. You know, if, we're, you know, if there's a, a birthday in the office, I'm posting that on Facebook. If we're, you know, going to a networking event, I'm posting that. So my content has definitely changed, but I'm not using it any more than I was. And do you ever worry that you're being too self-promotional? I know for me, from my own experience, when I, I update a lot and I, I think about my friends who are not in the world of social media, you know, who are not really working in this space. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, am I filling up their feed? Am I too much? Do you worry about that or does that not affect you at all? Oh, I definitely <laughs> worry about that. So on Facebook, <laughs> uh, and just because I pay attention to when other people do it, and right. I would be lying to you if I said I didn't get annoyed. Uh, <laughs> But on Facebook, I try to keep my personal page, uh, you know, very personal, uh, and I try to only, you know, I don't really share too much about the business, uh, only, you know, very, very important things. I'm not posting something daily on Facebook about mm-hmm. uh, social fly, uh, but I did ask all of my friends to, like, uh, the social fly on Facebook, so I figure <laughs> if they like me, then, you know, they can find all of the social fly updates there. Uh, so I try not to be too redundant and share what I already posted on social fly that day. Uh, and then on Instagram, uh, I definitely, uh, that's more of an insight into my personal life. Uh, so I'm, and I'm very careful on Instagram not to post, you know, several times in, in an hour. Mm. I think that can be pretty, pretty annoying and turn people off. Uh, and then on Twitter, I'm actually, uh, definitely much more business oriented and using it to, you know, tweet to influencers and interact with people that I'm meeting on a daily basis. And I know you mentioned that in working in social, when you're hiring people, that they should have an inherent kind of like of social or love of social because they'll be better at their jobs because of it. Um, What else do you think is critical if you're going to be working at an agency in social media or in PR? What do you think is really a critical skill? Uh, One of the things I recently learned, and I probably didn't know this, you know, just starting off the business, but uh, something that we really look for, and it's kind of hard trait to find, but someone who has a really good eye for uh, design and a really great aesthetic, because on social media, it's all about being visual. So 
someone who who knows, you know, you know, maybe this text doesn't go with this um, this picture or this font doesn't look right here. Someone who has that kind of innate quality of, I guess, just style in general is really helpful on social media because it's all about how things look. I actually love that, how everyone in the organization should have some kind of a real understanding of aesthetic and, and visual. Exactly. That's right on trend, Courtney. I really love that. I, I think that that's true. That doesn't matter what position you're in is like really understanding what, what looks good and how. I think it's, that's right. Great. But that's a challenge that we face because how do you test someone for that? Hmm. <laughs> so we do, Other than their we outfits. Hiring, we do give, you know, short assignments uh, and things like that. But you never really know. Um, until until you bring someone on the team. Well, you never know. I mean, if they have a, an interesting <laughs> personal style, that could be really fun. Doesn't have to all exactly. be the same style, but an interesting personal style might be very very uh, interesting. And also looking at what they post personally. Do you before you hire someone, do you look at their social channels at all? Yes, we do. We definitely do. We pr- probably should do more of that, but we definitely look at what what they're posting personally, uh, and even more importantly, do they have a presence? A lot of times, though, um, there's only so much that we can see because because of private profiles. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> of course, that makes sense. So tell me a little bit about being the founder. And of course, me having met you, of course, I know that this makes complete sense of uh, you being a founder of startups and stilettos. Uh. Tell me all about it. <laughs> Yeah, so when Stephanie and I first started, uh, a lot of companies that we were working with were founded by female entrepreneurs. And uh, since Stephanie and myself are female entrepreneurs, we just kind of gravitated to towards uh, towards other females. You know, we love sharing what our personal experience has been. Stephanie and I are not shy about saying what issues <laughs> we are facing uh, as a company, and we're always looking for mentors and and really inspirational women. So Stephanie and I started a networking group called Startups in Stilettos, and we meet basically every quarter. Uh, Stephanie and I will host an event either at our office or um, at a, another venue, and we'll bring in uh, female entrepreneurs to network and mingle and get to know each other, and most importantly, help each other because we've all been in the same stiletto <laughs> at one point in time. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I love that concept. It's really great. You spoke a little bit about mentors. How important do you feel it is to have mentors or or people who really help you throughout throughout your growth as an entrepreneur? Oh, it's extremely important. Uh, when you're an entrepreneur, you don't know what you don't know. So surrounding yourself with really smart, motivated people in in accounting and in law and, you know, in marketing or in other, you know, different types of businesses is really important because they can bring to the table a perspective that you didn't even think of. Um, so we're always asking for, for advice. And we, Stephanie and I have been really fortunate that we have a great lawyer and an accountant that we can always go to when we have, you know, questions about things that we have no experience in. I love that concept of making sure that you have a great team, not just of, of somebody like you, like an, you know, an, an entrepreneur with more experience, years of experience, et cetera, but, but people with different skill sets, I think, is really key there. That's, that's an important piece that you're talking about. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I really don't know what we would have done without without those people. It's amazing. So let's say there's somebody and they're a young woman and they're working at their job and they have an idea and they're ready to start a business. What advice do you have for that person? I definitely think, you know, a lot of times, you know, my friends will come up to me and say, I have this idea. I'm so passionate about it. And then, you know, next week comes around and and they forgot about it. So I think it's very um, easy to get caught up in the moment and say, I have this, uh, I have this amazing idea. I want to start a business. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then you kind of lose motivation. So I think what I always suggest when people say, I have this really great idea is to do research, you know, research, you know, the industry research, the type of company, see if it exists, see who's, who's done it before. Um, and just put a lot of time and energy on, on, you know, doing your due diligence and making a business plan and planning out your ideas before you, uh, do anything drastic, like, you know, spend, 10 grand or 50 grand on a website before doing your doing your research because I have seen that happen. Absolutely. And I think <laughs> one of the things that I said um, in a in a speech I think about entrepreneurship was take risks but take calculated risks, you know, really think about it and make sure that you you know what you're getting into as much as you can before you take that jump. I think it's it's important for women to know as as we jump into these entrepreneurial waters that we have a plan of some sort. And then you know, whenever you have the plan, you go off the plan anyway, but it's still it's still important to know kind of what direction you're going into. Exactly. I completely agree with you. The calculated risk is always better than the blind leap of faith. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But you know what? You mix it up a little too. Sometimes exactly. you got to take a little bit of a blind leap of faith as well. Well, Courtney, I'm so happy that I was able to have you on the show today because you are truly one fabulous social lady. You are, in fact, a social fly lady. And I just wanted to mention uh, just a couple of things. If you want to visit and check out Courtney's website, go to socialflyny.com. And also you can check out, you know, I have podcasts, but Courtney and Steph have spreecasts. And that's every Every, how often is that? Every month? Social Fly it's Sessions? It's every month now, yes. It's every month. So check out those Social Fly Sessions on Spreecast. Really incredible stuff. And, and of course, if you're a young, aspiring entrepreneur and you love stilettos, hang on over to Startups and Stilettos. It's a pretty amazing program as well. So thank you so much, Courtney, for being on the show today. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.